0: you've been seeking answers from every dermatologist doctor and all over the internet wondering what on earth this unbearable skin issue is you know something's up and you've been suffering and silenced for far too long this podcast is going to bring awareness to the brutal reality that is topical steroid addiction and withdrawal syndrome it will give you practical mental and physical tips to help you along your journey and provide you the strength you need to push through each day you'll hear from real people battling this illness as well as experts in the field. And I'm also going to share with you what's happening as I battle and conquer TSW. You are not alone. You're not crazy and you will heal. If there's one thing I know, it's that anyone going through this hell is a warrior. My name is Jennifer Powers and I welcome you to TSW Journey to Healing. Did you know that there is a journal out there just for those of us that have topical steroid withdrawal? And whether or not you're a journaler, this is the best way for you to track what's working, what's not, And enjoy your healing journey so inside this journal you get three calendars to track your next 90 days of healing there's free resources actually even a free gift for every single one who purchases this journal plus you get action steps to try a joy list gratitude prompts so many visualization techniques affirmations a web of support many mental health exams to help you check in with yourself stress management and grounding exercises and so much more This journal has been tremendously helpful in my own healing journey, and now it's available for every single one of us. How cool. I want to invite you to get your hands on it, and you can do so by going to tswjourneytohealing.com forward slash journal. Get yours today and let us know how it's going for you. Okay, now let's get back into the episode. Okay. Welcome back to TSW journey to healing. Very excited to announce my beautiful and lovely guest, Kara Ward. Um, Kara is somebody that I stumbled upon, you know, I'm not even really sure how it might've been through the preventable documentary. I believe are you at, you're at the end of that. I, I think, am I correct? Yeah. Or not? Yes. Okay. About, good. But, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I saw you there. And then of course, you know, you get on the rabbit hole of online world, social media world, and you're just a force. So I I was just so amazing. Kind of like stalking you a little bit online and seeing like what your story was. And so a background on Kara, Kara went through TSW from 2013 to 2015, where she made a full recovery and she became passionate about raising awareness with our iotrogenic condition, which we all love so very much. (laughs) And she (laughs) shared her experience and advice through her blog, through Instagram, through her book, which I've got right here. And if you can't, if you're listening to this episode, just picture the split screen. If you're someone going through TSW, um, I'll share mine in a second too. But um, what a powerful cover, right? For for anybody that is going through this or somebody that knows someone going through this. So wonderful book. And uh, she also... And the book's name, by the way, is Curing My Incurable Eczema. If you haven't gotten it, get your hands on it. Shout out, go find it at Amazon, go on her blog. Um, and she released at the end of 2017. And it reached, I didn't know this, but this is exciting. It reached the top five books in the dermatology charts of Amazon. So congratulations. That's really amazing.
1: Thank you very much. I mean, I was totally surprised because when I sort of put it out there, it was, totally a passion project and literally for me to sort of draw a line under that period of time and sort of just, I wanted because this is kind of my mind anyway, I like to have things down in one place. Mm. So it was kind of that in a way. That So it wasn't really... So whilst I saw it as a book, obviously I was like writing it, it was never like a book to sell, but I put it out that I can't... It's really strange. So it was literally just, I wanted a collection of thoughts in one place. And because I loved writing, I, it was kind of like a natural thing. So when people started buying it, I was like what <laughs> this is mad um and yeah I couldn't believe it um people were just so so kind about it it still blows my mind what happened with it because it literally was just an idea to just put it all in one place <laughs> um so yeah mine's it's, such a, it's
0: such a like cathartic therapeutic um I, I agree with you like I, and that's why I I was journaling throughout my journey and I'm about, let's see, it's February. So at the time of this recording, so it's um, like, I'm like, I guess 12, like 13, 14 months in. um, But I started writing, everything down because I I was all over the place writing sticky notes, writing notes on my computer, writing notes on my phone. And I'm like forgetting things that I was trying, that I was doing, what was working, what wasn't working. And that's what what led me to create my uh TSW journal, which similar to you, put it on Amazon. Um amazing feedback because anything we can do to help ourselves and then if by if if it ends up helping a lot of other people win win. I mean that's that's totally amazing. But this this book truly I I mean it is I highly recommend it. It, You wrote, you're such an excellent writer. This is so well done. Um, And you really feel in like we're we're there with you. Like, I mean, obviously we're going through it, so we understand it, but um, hearing it from somebody else on paper in a book like that, it it was just, it it was really another layer to feeling like you're not alone, you know?
1: Oh, that's so, so kind of you. I think what's the nice thing about this community is, and I found this, because when I went through TSW, it was very much on my own, There there were a few people online, you know, um, but it was it's a very different landscape to how it is now. And when I sort of started sharing my story to be able to speak to people who did understand it was amazing, like just getting it. So if my book has been able to help in any way, it's just it means the world to me. It really, really does. So,
0: yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. So because it is 10, it's already 2023. So it's 10 years ago that you started. I I have so many questions. Um, Let's start with, does it feel for you like it was 10 years ago? Or does it feel like No.
1: Literally. I mean, time is such a weird concept. I feel like as you get older, the faster it goes. And especially it's like, I find like the worst periods of time are like this slow, slow Mm -hmm. thing. But like, especially when I got better, I don't know where that time has gone um and mm. you know it is a message that I keep going on about that blooming four letter word beginning with t but it really I just can't believe where it's gone um and yeah. just, thank goodness yeah
0: thank goodness so you went through it for about two years at what point I think this is a question I mean I even ask myself in our community this and so many do at what point would you say you real you you maybe realized? Oh my gosh, I think I'm done with it. I think I'm cured. Like where because you know so so many times you start to take a huge positive turn and you think this is it, this is it, and then something else happens. So what when was it for you that you realized I beat I beat it. I'm done. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it was weird because I think we've seen, especially as more and more people are going through it, that there's like a lot of different patterns forming in how people flare. Some people tend to have these like massive breaks and they they sort of almost resume normal life and get out of the TSW mindset. But for me... I, and i mean i obviously wasn't flaring flaring for two solid years but i definitely didn't have like a period of time within that two years where i could do even normal things a lot of the time my mum was literally washing my hair you know my hands got very badly affected during tsw so during that two year period it was just like it's like a different way of life when you're going through TSW especially when you're flaring you are very limited what you can and can't do because it is a physical and mental ordeal to like put it bluntly it's just a horrendous thing you're so uncomfortable for the first year of withdrawal I couldn't wear a top my poor neighbors saw a lot of me during that period (laughs) like walking past windows just naked you know all I wore were these M&S like cotton pajamas for two years like I I don't I had like tracksuit bottoms that, you know, if I had to leave the house, which was very rarely, um, you know, but that was kind of my life. And, you know, it was funny in, I would say the first year was when I, a lot of the full body weeping happened, you know, a lot of those kind of symptoms. But then in the second year I had this, it was a very weird, you know, it was the, symptoms were more isolated but they were so extreme so never during that two-year period was there a period of time where I could see my friends and you know so I definitely towards the sort of second would it be the third summer oh god it'd be the third summer and I noticed that maybe like the burning because I for the whole two years, I definitely had like a feeling of burning, skin burning, um, which was one of the worst for me, especially if I went out, it was like acid, you know, and especially, oh, heaven forbid you sweat. Oh my God. And this was the other thing about the second year. That's when the sweating started for me, where it was like excessive to like the point of waterfall, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt I just was very limited. But towards the third summer, I was like, starting to, it's difficult because I was still flaring sort of on my face, my hands, my ankles, it it was still there. But I definitely noticed like the burning was subsiding and the sweating was sort of subsiding. But then, and I, I talk about it being quite a sudden recovery because it definitely felt sudden to me. It There was just one day where I woke up and there was this gut, it was like a sort of understanding as a sort of like, you know, in the ether, there was an understanding that something had changed. And because I sort of looked at my skin, I was like, what? (laughs) You know, I, I you know, I'd sort of processed it. It was just different and I just felt different. So, and I said to my mum, mum, look at my skin. And she couldn't believe it. And we were just sort of, and I mean, to go from like a period of time where you're, you're sort of consumed by your skin and you sort of just go through the motions just to get through a day so then both of us because my mum was just as much you know part of the journey as I was like taking that time to go something's changed here and yeah I mean touch wood from that point I never had a TSW proper flair again I had I had, which I've talked about, two isolated hand flares Um, when I went to Verbier in Switzerland. Don't understand. I will never understand what happened in Verbier in Switzerland. My skin was like, my hands were just messed up. But yeah, I haven't had like a TSW flare. I had something last year, which has sort of caused like sensitivity. You know, it's a very long, crazy experience. But apart from, I've never had a TSW flare since, and I just from that first day where I woke up, you know, with different skin, it just something had changed. So it was definitely overnight.
0: But yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm. I know that this experience. I mean, it's ingrained in us forever, and so that's why I was curious to see if you do feel like it felt like yesterday or if it felt like all this time had gone by and I agree with you as we get older I mean I have a son and I say yes as we get older especially if you have a kid too you're like oh my gosh like time is flying it goes so quickly which is really good news for anybody listening or watching this that's in the thick of it because like getting through it it does I mean everybody's timelines are different but Time because it does truly go fast, even though it doesn't feel like it at all when you're in it. Um, it it is true, it does. And um, I don't know, time is on our side. So what, you know, your book is curing my incurable eczema. So what is, if you want to share with those that haven't read it, that don't know you too well, because similar, my background was a child with eczema and put on steroids for that for since I was like two years old. So what was that similar to your eczema journey? What was that like?
1: Yeah, sort of. So I was like, you know, I was diagnosed very early on with eczema. My mum at six months old, she noticed like a sort of little patch on um, my wrist and she went to the doctor. They said, oh, it's eczema. And they gave her a hydrocortisone cream um, and she used it. Um, but she, my mum, thankfully, thank God, was very, very cautious when it w- with any of this medication. So when she used it, she noticed that the sort of symptoms did spread. But I will say that I, I don't think I had like you know red skin syndrome or whatever we're calling this. It's very difficult because there's like eight million different terms. I don't actually believe that any of them are very good. But yes. Um, I do think that using the sort of, you know, the hydrocortisone on that patch did cause my body to, it needed to get out. I feel like this is what's very annoying with the way that things like eczema are treated. It's all about suppressing, you know, just put that on. Don't deal with the actual symptoms themselves. Let's just hide the symptoms. But the body has to get it out, I think. And, you know, so I think that initial patch, which was... Now that me and my mum look back around this time was when she transitioned from breast milk to cow's milk. So this is and I think this is probably quite common, you know, for a lot of kids who are diagnosed with eczema, it might not be eczema it might just be a response to the body, you know, taking in this new product, you know, you go from your mum's milk to like, a different product, Mm you might have a reaction, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a skin condition. But unfortunately, I think these like, medications kind of mess up your body's sort of natural response to dealing with things, you know. Um, So in my childhood, I would say that my skin was kind of like childhood eczema, but it wasn't extreme so I and I think actually it's sort of like seven eight years old it kind of looked like I'd grown out of it you know but then roll on secondary school um hormones didn't have a good time at secondary school and that was at 11 years old my skin started to get bad I definitely look back and think stress you know I was unhappy you know like it's it's a difficult time for any teenager and yeah my skin reacted very badly to the point that they did refer me to the hospital in my teens and at that point I just saw like a plethora of sort of hospital dermatologists and I should say actually in my childhood my mum barely used steroid cream ever like it was mostly treated with sort of like emollients and you know bath preparations and all that fun stuff you know like um So, yeah, going back to my teens, my skin was really bad. I was, you know, referred to the hospital. And that's when they were very, very insistent on me using medication. And at first, when I sort of thought, you know, looked back at sort of my teens, you know, after I'd sort of recovered from TSW and all that, I did think it was mostly steroids that caused it, topical steroids. But then looking back at sort of my hospital notes, when I sort of started going there, I was using a lot of ProTopic. And ProTopic, this was before ProTopic was sort of um, sold. I don't know, it's kind of crazy. I look at the time that it was sort of released to the public. I'm using it before it was sort of, you know, I don't know, what's the word I'm thinking of? Anyway, I was using quite a lot of it. So in my teens, I kind of was using Protopic, I was using other things, but it was definitely with the Protopic, I used a course of oral steroids. And from that point, it was like, I can't function without medication on any kind of level. So, you know, and I kind of got stuck in a bit of a vicious cycle for like 10 plus years, I say it's 10, it's probably close to 12 or 13, where I would, you know, be using medication, I'd maybe every so often think I've got to stop using it stop using it my skin would just be unlivable you know and it was just and so i'd go to the doctors they'd say it's worsening eczema mm-hmm. they'd put me back on steroids um and yeah this was kind of my life till 25 um thankfully sort of very early on when i was sort of without knowing reliant on this medication um I realized this stuff is strong because especially when I was at the hospital, they were prescribing a lot of the like stronger steroids like betnovate. I used a lot of betnovate when I was in my teens. Um, but yeah, I kind of weaned my body down um, to using first Umavate um, 1%, um, and which I used for years. Uh, and I found weirdly that if I used um, Umavate or any kind of steroid just on my sort of this chin area and my hands, um my body everything would sort of tick over and I wouldn't it was really strange they were like my two points where I yeah it was really strange um well, that's, and- just,
0: that's just proof that like the skin it's I mean it's one giant organ so what we put over here might affect over here and that makes a lot um, of it is- makes sense but it is kind of crazy when you think it about is
1: it. it's crazy, and I mean and then from like umavate I went down to using one percent hydrocortisone which I used for I don't even know. It's so difficult, isn't it? You sort of I wish I'd written it all down because it's all very vague. And you kind of as you get on with life, you sort of just you're not processing things, you know, like I wish I could looking back. But yes, I was sort of before discovering what TSW was, I was using sort of one percent hydrocortisone. And then, yeah, I discovered TSW and never used any kind of medication to suppress my symptoms again
0: <laughs> how did you because you know i've only again i've only been at this for about 14 months and um it was it's guy i'm sure it was very different t- 10 years ago for for me it wasn't um it wasn't an immediate unlike you you know you would stop using a medication and you very quickly would realize my skin needs it i I would have these very long stretches. In fact, I use prednisone, like oral prednisone, uh, at least, I mean, like maybe like every other year for years. And it was like my favorite drug because my skin was glowing and beautiful after I used it and it lasted for a long time. But when I started to notice like second summer in a row that it was just, I was seeing this bright, bright red neck and then it would go away and then it would come back. And then I would feel like a little bit of what I now know is like oozing. And I'm like, this is not eczema. So I go down the rabbit hole online. I come across some Instagram handles. Um, actually one of my interviewees is Grace. Grace is, um, Skinderella on.
1: Ah, Grace. Yeah. Yes. Such a
0: sweetheart. Um, but I think it was, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, correctly, it it was her account that I said, oh my gosh, that's what I have. So for you, how did you discover it? And what was your initial reaction when you figured out, oh my gosh, this is what it is?
1: Yeah. So um, for quite a few years before withdrawal, um, I was noticing that the effects of using, you know, a steroid cream every single day twice a day was causing my skin to thin quite badly the thing that I also found fascinating was on my like here this kind of area I hadn't used steroid creams in years there maybe like maybe once or twice but I had super thin skin here like to the point where it was like purple and like it looked bruised like it was so thin it was terrifying but even worse was sort of this area was so thin you could see like all these veins my mum was so so scared um and she'd say to me look you've got to do something because you know as we both know the only kind of like side effects they talk about are may thin your skin may cause stretch marks that's all we get so my mum was like look this medication is causing you've got to do something you're not going to have any skin left you know but I kind of was like in a bit of a sort of you know catch 22 because I thought I can't stop using this medication because I literally have no life doctors have told me I've got incurable eczema my only way of having a semblance of any kind of normality is to use this medication and you get drummed into you you know for years and years and years and so I'm like what can I do mum like I I don't know what I'm meant to do at this point so but yeah we'd have that conversation you know every once in a while um but then i'd just have to go back on it so i when was it a year before i went through um withdrawal i went to greece with my friends and i had like a real weird rash come up everywhere and i was using the sort of hydrocortisone twice a day every day and when i went away it wasn't clearing it and I thought oh my god what's this this is very strange and I noticed like as well like my eyes were sort of playing up a bit and whatever. it was really strange and I remember I was in this like little greek village panicked because I had not very much hydrocortisone left because I you know I was like innocently just putting it here and here but I was you I used up this whole thing of hydrocortisone so I was like I need to get some steroid cream, ran into this little Greek town with my friend and was like, I need I need steroid cream. And I remember I bought for like one euro, like this like Umivate, and I slathered my body in it because I was desperate, but it didn't really shift this weird rash thing. Um, so I think from that point, I was quite photosensitive. Something was going on. So for this whole holiday, I was like covered up away from the sun because it was just too uncomfortable. Um, but then when I came back home to the UK, UK's like, you know, summers don't get mental. Well, I say that the last few have been really, really hot, but for the most part, it's quite a temperate climate. Um, so, yeah. It, and then I got back to my routine of using hydrocortisone on my face, and my hands. Um, but I was definitely getting to a point of, so I think cogs were, you know, turning and things were sort of clicking into place. I was definitely like, something's wrong. And I remember in sort of like April time, um, so I started withdrawal in June, so a couple of months before, my eyes, like the skin around my eyes, swelled up so badly, and I—it was just really bad. And I was using like eye drops, whatever you know, anything I could get the chemist just to try and get them down. And I was also noticing like patches. Um, I think they're on my leg and like my arms and stuff, just round patches. And I thought, oh, I'll put steroid cream on there. It's eczema, whatever. And they weren't clearing it. And um, I went to the doctors, and they were like, "Oh, use betnovate. You need a stronger steroid." and i was in my head i was like where am i going with this like so the hydrocortisone stopped working so what happens when the eight stops working um and she was she was really awful you know as we most of us experience we don't have very pleasant experiences in doctors or dermatologists um so at this point i'm like what the hell can i do and it the literally the morning of the time that I discover sort of withdrawal I have this conversation with my mum where she basically is sitting me down saying your skin is so thin you have to do something and instead of brushing it off like I had to do I was actually I had to sit and think and go okay what can I do and I sort of googled like addicted to steroid cream and then it was just like information, bam, light bulb done. I'm never using it again. This is me. I just, I knew straight away that it was that. And it's, I get choked up thinking about it because it's one of those moments, you know, I think a lot of us, it is a light bulb and it's the relief, you know, no matter how traumatic withdrawal is, because it is a trauma, it's just horrendous and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, to have an answer you know for so much so many years most of us are just given these plasters these temporary fixes just to get us through the day get us through the week get us through the month but to have like an answer that potentially because I think for a lot of us we're quite limited even using the steroids we sort of you know like going on the beach or whatever we have like all these big routines that we have to use and sort of we're always thinking of our skin but this sort of option sort of was like an answer and that was sort of mind-blowing to me and I think for most of us we're kind of by the time we get to withdrawal we've run out of options we've not so literally withdrawal becomes our sort of only option left so for me and I I will say and it's very important to say my mum was supporting me, you know, I lived at home with my mom and she supported me sort of mentally and, you know, financially, she was there for me in every way imaginable. And I know I wouldn't have been able to do withdrawal without her, like hands down, she's incredible, incredible woman. Um, And I just knew, you know, when I read about it, it was like, I have to do this, you know, and uh, thank goodness, it sort of turned out to be the best thing that I've ever done for myself.
0: I I love, it's so true what you're saying. It is very emotional. It's like you're desperate to figure out what is going on or how do I fix it? And then however, you know, however you find out, oh, it's topical started withdrawal and addiction. It's, it's a relief as much as it is like heartbreaking because it's like we have said it's an iatrogenic condition meaning a medic we didn't do this to ourselves and a medication caused this and that's the saddest part because you we think like human beings are here to help each other and i'm and i think doctors do have good intentions for the most part and they want to help but they only know what they know and this is still such a look it's it's 10 years since you started that journey and i we definitely i mean i i think that we've made some progress but it's still nowhere near where it needs to be. So that's why these conversations are so important, but it was, you know, it's funny when I figured out what it was, it was probably in like November of 2021. And I got, ended up getting COVID. Uh, I ruined Thanksgiving for my whole family. Everyone was excited to get together. And then I, and then I got it and my dad got it. So after that point is when I officially, noted that I'm steroid free. And I was so naive because I thought, well, I'm just not going to work. I'm going to take all December off and I'm going to let myself heal (laughs) as if if it could be one month. (laughs) I still didn't know very much about it. I just assumed, oh, okay. You take, you get off steroids, going to go through some side effects and then I'll be on my way. And it's just such a rude awakening. It's such a brutal, brutal reality, um, that nobody, even those that are closest to us, like my mother has been so supportive for me. Yours was for you, friends, family members, whoever you've got in your corner, like kiss and hug them tight because they're so, so valuable. But even watching somebody go through it, which is tormenting and traumatic as it is, uh, for them. I'm sure you still can never, ever, ever understand it unless you're somebody that's going through it because the suffering and pain is just, <laughs> it's unheard. It's just unimaginable. So what would, so, two years of what would you say was what I really am interested in? Like, what was the hardest point in that two year period for you? If you could figure, if you could pinpoint what it was and how did it affect, you know, we talk about like PTSD. I know I have major PTSD from, I'm afraid. I, I mean, I finally got over it, but for a long, for the whole year, I was afraid to touch anything in my medicine cabinet or at a, store in the medication aisle, like things that are not steroids, but I started to think, well, there's probably a hidden steroid in anything. And I don't want to even touch it because God forbid it touches my skin. It's going to start me over from day one. So the, the stress response, the traumatic experience, it's, it's so great. So the mental anguish and the physical, what would you say was the lowest point for you or the worst point?
1: I think there were definitely, like, it was funny, I I obviously cried at, like, other things during withdrawal, just, like, watching something sad or, you know, whatever, but there was, like, three points, I think, where I cried, and I cried because of what this, you know, condition had done to my life, and I remember there was one time, sort of, quite early on when it was, you know, there's, like, a period of withdrawal for most of us where life is just hell, you know, and that you you get up and you're just suffering the whole day. Um, It's funny. Like I look back and I have to like compartmentalize that in my brain. And sometimes I get slapped in the face with, oh my God, that happened. You know, that period actually happened. But yeah, I remember there was one time at sort of towards the beginning where it was sort of very, very late and I knew I had to go to bed. I was so uncomfortable. I had like feeling of sort of bugs crawling all over you and, Everything was a bit intense. There was oozing, there was just swelling, there was all these different things going on. And I was so scared to go to bed because I knew that for the most part, I'd probably be awake, uncomfortable, and it would just be awful. And I remember just, it just was too much. And I was, I really, really wept. And there was another time, sort of midway through, that it was very difficult, but weirdly, the, I think probably one of the hardest moments was in year two and I think what's interesting about the mental health side of withdrawal is I think for a lot of us at first whilst it's probably the most ghastly physically like I think there's for me at least I so believed and I so I, I so believed in what I was doing mentally I had high anxiety like really high anxiety but I didn't have so much doubt. I didn't have like fear at this point because I was kind of riding on the sort of knowledge that I was potentially healing, you know, my skin or whatever. But then I got to year two and I'm like, certain symptoms were getting worse like if anything my hands at this point were like i literally could not move them my ankle got really bad in the second year so i couldn't walk much it was like swollen it was oozing really ghastly my face was still terrible i had this like irritation i had the burning still and it was valentine's day in like the sort of second year um so i think it was yeah so 20 2015 so literally early 2015 and it was funny I was like looking online at like people getting ready for Valentine's Day going out with their friends going out with their partners just getting dressed up and just being like living and I was just broken and I just thought um what is life I'm getting worse what the hell have I done I'm filled with doubt at this point because I'm like how is a process that is meant to heal you? How am I still suffering after two years? Because I think the biggest thing that messes with our heads is the fact that TSW is nonlinear. Um, in recovery so that you know I think with a broken leg with any kind you know usually a healing follows a linear trajectory but withdrawal to add like a layer that we really do not need on top of all the other suffering it's like let's make this a non-linear recovery to really mess with their heads so I think for me that sort of Valentine's Day was just awful because I thought I've wasted two years of my life nearly I am you know i'm looking at people they're living and i'm like here i can't move and i remember i was meant to see like a theater show it was very sweet like a few people had sort of arranged this sort of thing that i could leave the house to go they someone was going to drive me from like the countryside literally to outside the theater and this was in january 2015 and they were like you know what you don't even you don't need to do it you'll literally be driven from one place to the other so i could see a musical with my friend and I got to the day and I was just like, I'm too ill. I can't, I can't even get out of my house to get into the car. I just, so I think that's was definitely one of the triggers for when I. it was Valentine's day. And I thought, I'm just, What well, I'm not living, but then to put like a positive slant on it, literally like six months later, I made a sudden recovery. So I think that's, what's the biggest thing. It's, everything changes so fast with this whether it's good whether it's bad you can go and I mean sort of mentally especially afterwards you can sort of see something that's minor and just mentally sort of be broken by it like because like you mentioned PTSD happens and I think it's so important that the mental health side of this process is discussed because I think when I went through it, it was definitely much more of an emphasis on physical symptoms. I don't remember a single person talking about being traumatized, you know, by what they've been through. They didn't talk about like the sort of high anxiety you would get. They didn't talk about, you know, the, the doubt and the fear. And they're the things that can be the most crippling through withdrawal, you know? Um, so, I was and I was not prepared. And I think if I'd been more prepared, it may have helped me sort of in the two years after I recovered from having like panic attacks and having like really sleepless nights, overseeing a rash and just having a breakdown. But because you don't see rashes, you don't see minor things, you see the trauma of what you've been through, you know. And so, yeah, people need to sort of protect themselves, you know, as much as possible.
0: I think you're right. <clears throat> I was thinking about that the other day because, like, it was definitely even less um, aware when you started. But for me, thinking, oh, it'd just be that month. It's almost like you wish that somebody could that's been through it, come out on the other side, could say to you, if you, if you just, if you're someone that just figured it out, this is what you're looking at, this is what you've got lying ahead. If you could have somebody say, like, you're going to be okay, but you are going to go up and down this roller coaster, it is going to be the hardest thing that you'll probably ever have to go through. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that because you're, you're stronger than it and you're going to beat it, but there's going to be days where you don't think you can go on. And it's, and it is truly, truly horrible, but not every day is like that. Not every minute of every day is like that. So just to have somebody say, it sounds a little bit scary, but it's also kind of comforting to know that somebody is like not just feeding me fluff and saying yeah it's going to be a little bad but then you'll be okay cuz i had no idea i mean who none of us had any idea the all those symptoms i mean and the the terror that's around nighttime nighttime i think for almost everybody is like the worst it certainly was for me um oh. and it just it's it is so 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 traumatic but just to know that not just to know that there's people that are out there like you going through it but people that are saying hey it isn't going to be easy. It's going to be hard, but you're, you're going to be okay. Like, you know, just to not like tell you what you want to hear, but give you a little bit of like encouragement that, yeah, you're going to do it, but it's going to be rough. You know, it's, yeah. And, and, and and so, you know, yours was two years, you know, I've had so many people on the show. Um, so many people that are in the it's and Facebook group have been on the show. Some have miraculously had these incredible recoveries within six months. Some people I would say on average, I think they say, they say what the average is like three to five years or something like that. Then there's other people that are seven, eight, or even nine years into this, which breaks my heart into a million pieces because I don't want anyone going through this for a year, let alone nine years. But, um, what your, you know, everybody's the thing that I want to um, always remind people is to be careful not to listen to what I say, what you say, what everybody else says and say, this cream helped me, this diet helped me, this treatment helped me, this, because it it is so unknown that what helps one will not help another, might make it worse for another. You don't, You just don't, you have to just learn. And I'm so grateful and appreciative now to really, I'm trying to learn and understand the way my specific body works and what it reacts to. So it is a gift in that way to know like... I, it's like i'm here my body's here we're trying to talk and communicate to each other i'm trying to like learn so what would you say so many people think time is the healer would you agree, do you like that statement do you not like that statement and if so, and and what did you think helped you uh the most whether it's mindset work a physical product a diet whatever what the time question and then what did you like that you did
1: i think you you sort of made so many valid good points in what you were saying I think it I have become a bit of a broken record and I know I've sort of taken a lot of slack for saying this like a lot um but it does come down to time and if you do look at sort of the people who have recovered it's the same message for a reason and I whilst I understand that withdrawal is not viable for everyone it is you know if you like you were saying I think You can't sugarcoat withdrawal. It's going to be hell. And you can't, there's not much you can say and not much advice you can offer that's going to alleviate symptoms whilst you're going through it, which makes it even, I feel like horrendous as a person when I say to people, you know, just keep going, ride it out. And I'm like, I know riding it out is like the most hellish thing ever. But for me, and it it really did come down to time. And I think at the more time that passes, the more I would say to people as well, you you mentioned it about you have to listen to your voice and not be sort of taken by what other people are saying. Because I think on top of all the mad symptoms of withdrawal, especially the mental ones that get thrown at you, on top of the physical, is... You know, it's an intense period, but because of social media and because there are so many people suffering now, we now have a lot of people offering advice that I would say, and I say this, you know, I've been in the sort of community for a very long time. 99.99999% of what I've seen online should not be out there like as information because mentally that is going to mess with your head. You know, I think, and there go. there's a lot of like trends. With everything on social media, there are trends. There's like veganism, there's Dr. Aaron, there's all these different things that get thrown at you. Do you use moisturiser? Do you not use moisturiser? You know, go on NMT, don't drink water. You know, you constantly if you're coming this, you know, person who is already in a vulnerable position, because I felt at my most vulnerable and most like exposed during withdrawal, you go in and you're bombarded with all this information. Suddenly you feel like I'm not doing, you know, what I should be. You know, people are telling me I need to do this to get better. And I'm like, oh my God, like, and I think people need to sort of see a situation as it is. There's a lot of people now because withdrawal is probably one of the biggest medical injustices out there there's so many people suffering now this is a money opportunity for a lot of people to cash in on what is a community that is growing exponentially so I've seen some things about like these like diet is a very controversial subject and I do understand and I definitely feel that during withdrawal if I was eating too much junk food, it would maybe exacerbate a symptom, but it wouldn't cure it by taking it away. It would just sort of irritate like anything would, you know, I do think diet can help support your body, but I don't think it can heal it because this is at its core, a drug withdrawal. It just, it the body just needs to ride it out. You know, in my opinion, I'm not a medical professional. I'm just a person who went through this and got better. So I'm sort of imparting what I can from my perspective, but there's people out there that are selling things that aren't going to heal you, but they're putting it in a way that's you're meant to heal. I get these messages every day from people, and it's like, oh, I'm speaking to a naturopath, and they're telling me I need to eat this every day. I'm like, what is this? Like, it's, <laughs> it, and it, for me, it's one of the things that makes me utterly livid at this point because there's this other girl who messaged me, and she was like, oh, hi, I don't know what to do. This girl has offered me, I've, like a meal plan like four meal plans or whatever she paid her 700 pounds and has not received the meal plans and I'm like and this is someone who's quite prominent in the community and I'm like wow like this is unacceptable and I'm and this is the problem like I remember when I started withdrawal my mum went to Holland and Barrett we had all this health food stuff all this like you know, like hair products, like they're all natural. And we, that. you know, went into it with this like rosy sort of opinion of, oh, these things will help and, you know, whatever. But very quickly, you know, especially when like the oozing kicked in, I was like, if I can get through the day, that's excellent. You know what I mean? And I literally think that having this added stuff that people are bombarded with every single day on things that they're meant to do, guys, you don't. You've got to listen to that voice inside and say, what do I fancy? What do I feel like doing? And it's amazing because every single time you will get an answer. You will know, like, if your body needs to sleep, go sleep because you probably have not slept through the night. You you've got to listen to you and you the people online that are like guilting people into doing things. I've been, you know, I I hold my hands up. I've been very, very sort of, I've I've got my opinions and i've shared them very openly um but people have got to listen to themselves they've got to be kind to themselves and i do think at this point that we have to address social media as something that could be doing way more harm than good please be careful to anyone that's listening to this please be careful with how you are using social media because i i have so much gratitude now that i went through withdrawal during a time where whilst this I say this because they're the most incredible experiences have happened whilst I've been communicating with people going through withdrawal you know I've made some incredible friends through this so I say this whilst having love for this community I think you've got to be careful because I think it's creating something really toxic you know I totally
0: completely, completely agree with you yeah. um it's social media is a blessing and a curse. Um, and, and I can't tell you how many times just being in the, the it's an Facebook group, which I think is probably the most popular in our community. While it's, I found so many helpful, made great connections and friendships, um, made a seen a lot of helpful, really helpful information. It just, it, then you see somebody that had a huge relapse and, and rightfully so we all need a place to sometimes vent and cry and feel like people are there to want to lift us up, but it, it can really do a number to your own mindset and, and hurt your healing process. And one thing I want to go back that you said in the beginning is that, which I find so incredible. And it's something, one of my most passionate things that I want to give back to the community and and really focus mostly on it's, you said from the minute that you found out that this is what it was you never really doubted that you were going to be healed. You maybe had some moments here and there, but the whole time, even going through the worst of the worst, you were like, well, I'm, I still know I'm a day closer. I still know that I'm healing. I still know that I took the problem away, which was those darn medications. And now there's only one way to go. And it's up, even though it's going to feel like this, I still know that even when I'm down here, I'm still slowly going up. So you're the point being mindset is the most powerful weapon that you have to defeat any illness, any disease, any, and that is something like, I'm very open about that. That is yes, it's my opinion. But there's also facts to back that there's so many like, placebo tests out there with people with cancer with people with these, like, you know, debilitating conditions, the power of the mind is huge. So I, I believe, and I, and I, I agree with literally almost everything that you said, probably everything you said, because, It's hard to know what's the truth. We don't have a hundred percent answers. We can only go with our gut and our intuition, but I do agree with you. I've tried the diet changes. I've tried the naturopath, the homeopathy, infectious disease doctor, this doctor, that doctor. I've tried all the things. And at the end of the day, what I've realized is whatever feels good to me that day or in that moment, or it's working for me, that's what I'm going to do. It doesn't mean that that's going to continue to work for me. It doesn't mean that that's the cure. It just means I'm going to be comfortable However I can be comfortable, I'm here for that. I'm going to do that and, and honor what my body is asking me and saying that it likes or what it doesn't like. But um, just like yourself, everything shifted for me um, I don't know, a few months back where I just made a decision. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm already healed. My body's going to catch up, but I am already healed. That's already happened. Even though I don't really see it manifested quite yet. I know that I am. I know that this is behind me. I know that this is, and it, the progress that I experienced in such a very short period of time has been crazy. It could also be time, right? It could be that this is my time of this is my, but um, the mind is just, it's, it's huge. So I guess, how would you, because I always like, I love people to give like tips or suggestions or things like when it was really hard for you to keep your mind in that good place to, you know, to continue your healing for people that are like, I can't get my mindset right. I can't, I can't, I'm having such a hard time with that. I don't, I look in the mirror and I'm like, uh, no, I'm not healing at all. Look how I I look like a mess. I look terrible. I look awful. Like what, What do you say or what advice would you give to someone that's really struggling in that department?
1: I think the best thing that you can do and going back to social media, but it's not necessarily even social media on TSW, switch off online, just Mm -hmm. come away. And I, it's the irony. And I've talked about this a lot, especially in the last few years that the irony is I probably focus more on TSW now that I'm recovered than when I was going through it. And I think it's so important with TSW, the best kind of coping mechanisms you have is distractions. So, this is why social media and TSW is not a good idea because the last thing that you should be looking at, especially when you're in a bad place with withdrawal, is to focus more on withdrawal. Mm-hmm. For me, like, I really like what helped me the most. And I think we're healing, we're writing, we're reading were watching things that brought me joy I didn't look at anything depressing I didn't and I also I logged out of my uh, like personal Facebook and I thought I don't want to see it I don't I don't want to I just want to be I want to get on with it you know I want to let go and I've talked about this as well a lot like I'm quite an anal like OCD person where I, I'm very busy so I have to compartmentalize and plan my days a lot and also the other thing because I'm busy I like quick fixes so TSW as a process is very weird for me like my mind is not programmed for something like withdrawal which basically forces you to not quick fix it forces you to let go and not plan because you haven't got a clue what you'll be doing in an hour and how you'll be feeling you know let alone like two days time you know so I think for me the best thing I can advise to anyone is to let go ignore the noise which is so deafening right now I I really truly feel and I'm so glad that you've got this amazing mindset going through it in what is essentially a very toxic time to go through withdrawal it's it's hard I honestly if I was going through withdrawal now I would not know what was going I'd be so overwhelmed you know by this you know so I think for anyone who's out there just don't listen you do not need you you need you and you you need to focus on you you need to be selfish and I think there's also especially if you have any kind of online account now this, I, I, I talked to this, and especially because I'm quite out there, you know, not on the moment, you know, I'm taking some time, but I've been very present, I would say. I think there's now a lot of pressure that people have to share. Like, and I'm like, don't. This is, you have to be selfish. Don't go with crowds. Don't listen. Just be you. Be your fabulous self. Be kind to yourself. Like, you don't need any of it. You need you. You need to just get through the day and find distractions. Just I love that. More,
0: you know. Oh my gosh, I love everything you just said. Um, and what I would I would echo that about. I love that you said you need to be selfish. For some reason, the word selfish has this negative connotation, and it is not negative at all. You have to look out for you. You have to be the best you to be able to be good in anyone else's life that you love, right? Um, and the and I completely agree about the distractions the one thing you said, you know, was like, I filled my days with joy in this. And so I was looking around, I have a book, um, whether you've seen the documentary, um, or I read the book, the secret, which is all about the law of attraction. You know, there's a, there's a case study in there about a, a woman who had got diagnosed with like stage four breast cancer. And she decided to not do any treatment. And she said, what I did was every night, me and my husband would watch the three stooges. We would crack up, we would start laughing. I would spend my days like drinking my favorite tea, doing my favorite things, but making sure that there was so much to laugh. I was laughing, laughing, laughing all the time, never once thinking about what my diagnosis was, about the potential. Oh, oh, what if this, what if I don't get better? It was not even an option and then scan a couple of months later the scans she's 100 cure no treatment No nothing so again it's the power of the mind but also you taking control it's funny you take control over what you can control and you let go of everything else so when you said let go that's a common theme me and my therapist always talk about that because just like you i'm like i want to control things and i want to plan things and i like to know what's coming and what's next and what i can do And with something like this, it's the most humbling experience because you have no idea one moment to the next, how you're going to feel, what's going to happen, what symptom you may experience. And so I'm always saying, saying like, let go, let God, like know what's in your control and in your power and know that most of it is not in your control. So there's something kind of nice about that because you know that there's really nothing else you could be doing to help yourself other than the couple little things that you really can do. So I agree. I think um, if you if you're going to get on social media, which we all are, you know, try to put blinders up as much as you can, and then maybe only follow, like, cho- choose a couple positive, maybe TSW accounts that you if you want to get information or something, but then like shut it down, right? If, if you really are having a hard time saying no, completely, like, because some people, I mean, it is an addiction for a lot of us. It, it, is, it really is. It sucks you in. But Also try so, so hard to only be in places online where if somebody is experiencing what you're experiencing, then it's like more uplifting, more positive, more hopeful, which again, you don't really have all that control when you get into Facebook groups and this, you see what you see. And if it's, I I will tell you like earlier on, I was so sucked in and I was, I would see, oh, this is good. This is good information. And then I would see something that would just throw me off. That would make me doubt everything that would make me be so upset and it's nobody's fault everybody needs a place to share what they need to do but it can really hold you back it can really i really believe it can slow your process of healing down when you're when you're allowing things into your line of vision into your mind that are like a little bit scary then you're then you're not focusing your mind on well, i am healing i am healing it's like ooh how long is this going to take but this person's still at it 7 years later what if that's me oh my gosh like and it and it really creates this really vicious cycle in your mind that does not help you at all with your body. So
1: oh, I totally agree. No, I think you put that perfectly. I really I'm it's weird as I'm getting older, the more I'm sort of see looking into like manifestation. I mean, like I said, it's TSW is such a different like concept for me. But it's it's Iron, ironic that the most successful journey I've been on is one where I have just let go and sort of embraced sort of the unknown and I think I kind of wish I could get in that TSW mindset again because you know I think that's the other thing when you sort of you're in something so much you don't listen to your own voice and it is just it's the most powerful tool that we have and I think the other thing that I would like to say and I think it's very important that a lot of i say this because a lot of people need a longer journey they just do and it's just one of those heartbreaking awful things but a lot of the people that are a lot of years down the line are using things that i would would not say aid recovery like things like licorice like um what is it like immunosuppressants mm-hmm. um and i i i think this is something that's very important to say that i think people need to be a bit more clear on what they've actually used you know there's someone who screams about the benefits of licorice but in the same thing is saying I'm seven years withdrawal and I'm still struggling what you know I'm like and I'm like we need to be more clear about what super what transparency you know yes. and I think whilst again, I, ha- I I stress that I would not have been able to go through withdrawal naturally without my mum, like there is no way in hell, I would be able to work. Um, You know, my symptoms were physically, I couldn't do much at all. But we have to be more transparent and more sort of black and white about what the reality of what certain things are doing. Licorice works as a natural steroid in the body. And we can gloss it up. We can say, oh, it's a herb. What are you talking about? Look at that naturopath. They're saying it's fine. That naturopath has never gone through withdrawal. That naturopath is not getting the messages I get every day from people. And I think we need to be more black and white about these situations. And again, it's a difficult subject. It's a subject which causes a lot of there's an understandably so there's a lot of emotions around these subjects, but it is something that again I feel social media is to blame for that it's demonizing things and it's demonizing opinions that are negative about licorice, about immunos, about depex, and that isn't. It's just saying You know, people message me every day and they're like, I've had a bad experience with X, Y and Z, but I'm too scared to talk about it because I'll be told I'm that. And, you know, they've spoken to people on like a forum, not forum, the Facebook groups, and they get shouted down. This is not good. This is not conducive, again, to healing. This is, you know, whether you're using something or not, that's the sad thing. We're all part of the same community and we should be allowed to share without this sort of toxic demonizing. And, and it that just, that's yeah. true with
0: the whole world today, with every single, all the issues that we're all facing, it's like, no one's feels, people feel scared to speak up and say what they think or what they feel or their experience, because they think they're going to get chastised and they're going to get shouted, like, you know, it, it's shunned from the community. It's, it's so not um, an inclusive place of love and acceptance. And just like, let's just agree to disagree. And to your point, that's why you really do need to take everything like with a grain of salt, because this the licorice thing right like i don't know maybe that works but i also hear from people saying well it does mimic a steroid which can make your withdrawal worse and this and that it's just it's scary and it's it's upsetting that there isn't just a magic wand and or saying hey here's the one thing that you can pop the pill or put this cream on and you will be fixed it doesn't exist but i think it's i think it's even bigger than that because if you take tsw aside and you look at any issue any condition any any problem if you don't make a commitment that I believe that I'm going to be healed, I'm going to heal. And then whatever treatment or a potion or a lotion, whatever you decide to do, it's only going to work as well as you think it's going to work no matter what it is. And that might sound very woo woo and woo like crazy, but it's, I mean, it's just, it's just the truth. And you can look at so many different case studies, people, it just, it just is. So it's, it's. Instead of looking at it, like I would challenge anybody to change your mindset to go from this is so depressing that there is no cure to I am, I actually have all the potential and the power that I need to just make a decision and then just trust the process and honor my body and listen and learn about my particular body and what I need and, um, and kind of look at it like a journey of understanding the body that you're living in for the rest of your life. Like, you know, try to look at it like that, because if not for this condition, I think myself for sure, and probably so many others, really, what, how much would you really be paying attention to about what you're putting on your skin, what you're putting in your mouth, what you're putting in your brain, in your mind, what are you, you just wouldn't, it takes something like this to bring you down to your knees to really be like, I I get it. I'm paying attention now. In fact, like I I had another, I had another guest on her episode didn't come out yet and she is incredibly spiritual, very, like one of the most spiritually gifted women that I think I've ever met. And so it is going to be, again, we talk about being afraid of putting things out there. This is going to be, It's it was a lot about mindset, but it's a lot about faith and spirituality and the power that that can have. Um, and so that probably will rub some people the wrong way, the people that don't believe in that or don't want to go there. But I think To your point about the social media, which I agree with, and to my point with this specific show, I have had people that are nutritionists on the show. I've had people that are, you know, doctors or whatever the case may be. And um, I'm bringing these people on the show to offer their perspective, their, their professional opinion, but also always, always giving the warning, do not let... Social media or a show like this, or anything, any blog or anything out there, confuse you or not. Don't look at it like it is the answer. Look at it like if you are curious, I always encourage everyone to be curious about everything in life. Be curious, try something for yourself, not because it worked for 20 other people, but because you think that might be something that I would like to try and I believe that it's worth trying because it makes sense to me. But don't make any decision based on all the Facebook group comments, the forum comments, the, the podcast guests, you know, don't, you got to really get in touch with yourself and really think, you know, because my, my thing is put as much out there as you can and give people all the information, you know, while being transparent, cause that's huge. But then, you know, it's up to them. It's up to ed- every individual to make a decision that they think is going to support their own healing journey in, in, in their way.
1: you put that so perfectly you really really did and I think what what is really sad for me about what's happened with the community and sort of social media we are all we have all suffered because of exactly the same thing we all have exactly the same thing and it's a shame that we can't just come together Mm -hmm. and just even celebrate differences but every single opinion every single path comes with so much anger and sort of I think unfortunately we are living in a day and age where opinions are just weaponized and you can't say anything without being put in a box that you are something I can talk about the negatives of immunosuppressants like licorice whilst having really good friends that are on those and believe in them. And we can have conversations that are completely rational without having like butting heads and like Without you you making them feel
0: bad for doing that and without making them say that they're wrong. Like who are we to say that any one other person is wrong, you know? I
1: agree. And the thing is, it's like you know, I know someone who's using cyclosporine, who is like, she's got this like high power job and cannot go through withdrawal, but still innately understands the sort of We can have we're on a common ground because we we've suffered the same way. And it's just sad that especially I think unfortunately as well that the natural, you know, sort of taking away medication has become like I'm judging you and it's like no I'm really not and I and the thing is they're like you've said this and you know you're pushing like suicide which I've had quite a common mess like that is a common thread that people by me merely sharing that I decided to not use medication is me like pushing like suicide and like judging people and I'm like I'm not judging you. I'm just sharing my opinion, which I should be allowed to. That's and amazing. you should be allowed to share my, yours. And we can, we should be able to coexist without any kind of like, but there's so much like. I, I've, just seen it. I've seen it with
0: so many, so many in our community that's like do pick the biggest drug right now floating around. Right. So many of them. Well, uh, one of the interviews with she went viral with a TikTok video, her name's Cynthia. She felt when we spoke last she said i'm doing great but just between us and this this has come out since so i'm not (laughs) not blowing anything (laughs) up but she said you know i feel like a traitor because i i felt like i needed to try do pixin and i feel like i can't i'm scared to put that out there because i know they're gonna start attacking me and um you know for whatever reason and it made me so sad i'm like but that's your story that's what you're choosing to do you should be allowed to do that and You know, like, honestly, F them like if if they're going to be like that and judgmental like that, that's not right. And similar other people in our community with Dupixent, it's like then the dogs come out and it's like, well, I can't believe you would, you know, go on that drug and drugs are what messed us up in the first place. And why would you? It's like, that's not right. If that person feels that they need to try that. Let's be honest. No one wants to do that. They're feeling desperate and they feel like they really have no choice or that's what they they did their research. It made sense to them you know i'm similar to you i don't personally i am <laughs> probably so much ptsd that i am terrified of all drugs and i'm probably going to the yeah. other extreme where i'm like i'll just kumbaya my way out of this i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not doing it um i'm scared yeah. and you know the pharmaceutical industry is so corrupt and it's so there's so much negative there but if that is something that you feel called to do god bless you i hope it works for you i hope you don't get side effects why isn't it more of a compassionate positive place where we are all like you said we all came we got we're in this place because of what happened to all of us so why are we not just lifting each other up and whatever works for everybody else if if salt baths work for you and saunas work for you and do pixent works for you thank you god i'm so happy that you found a like that what works for you it's it's supposed to be like that so i hope anybody listening to our episode here is feeling like I feel less judged. I feel like I can share more, but I also do, I want to echo what you said multiple times about just being very careful when it comes to social media because you're already in such a fragile state and some of us are suicidal and just super depressed. And if you do start to feel, I can put myself out there. And the second you do, you have negative people coming. You have to protect, you are responsible for your mind and your health and yourself. And that's it. So if you can't do that, Without and you're not strong enough to and even if you think you are some pe- people that, you know, that come out, like, it can really wreck you. So just be really careful of that. But um I don't know. I just I want to encourage everybody to just do whatever feels good for you and yeah. know that you have our blessing and you have. And and you know what? And if you just need to stay with your own close network, your family, your friends, then just do that. And like you said, shut out the noise. And and that's what's going to I believe that's what helps healing tremendously probably more than anything else
1: no so. it's true because I think we're using social media as and I say doctors in a loose term because I don't think doctors do help us through withdrawal because we're currently at a stage where some of them are coming around to it but their only treatment options are using eczema as the sort of building blocks to creating a sort of treatment plan that's right and I think that's what's scary because I think people see like an immunosuppressant and they see they don't see the side effects and i think this is where social media needs to be very very careful and i think it's on both things i think we like it goes back to transparency there've been people that have messaged me that said oh i used um you know protopic on my neck because i had a little thing and now i'm flaring badly again but there's no no one's allowed to talk about that side of things So people aren't realizing exactly what they're getting into. So I think we just, it just needs to change. And whilst it, and this is, it goes back to there should be zero judgment, but there should all also be zero negativity when people just say, guys, these are the side effects. This Mm -hmm. is what might happen. And I think we just need, it just needs to move forward in a more progressive open non-judgmental space whether that's pro or you know against it should just be conversations and not arguments you know um so I completely agree
0: I I can't thank you enough I for I've been I know we were going back and forth well actually and you know you you really are uh, a woman of your word because when we first connected on uh, Instagram online you were like, Hey, I'm taking actually a digital detox for quite some time. So I will get back to you. And I was like, wow, I so I so respect that I've done that myself, highly recommend that. Um, So Mm -hmm. you definitely practice what you preach. I love that about you. And you're just I just want to thank you. Because I know that for a lot of people that have already healed, they want that to stay behind them. And they don't want to ever go back there. But because you're still advocating and out there and putting things out there, I just it means I'm speaking for someone still in it, uh, and for everybody else, it, it means so much to have somebody that's a powerful voice like you and continue to fight our fight and, and really put that information out there. So thank you for being on the show and for putting your book out there and continuing to put spread the word um, and help this awareness continue to spread. It, just, it is very, very, very appreciated.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. And it's been so lovely speaking to you. You just have a, such an amazing attitude. It's like it's it's exactly what I would recommend to anyone yours. It's perfect. So it's been really lovely speaking to you very lovely and positive.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, I can't wait to stay connected and in touch. And if we ever can help one another out, I'm you know, I'm here for that. Um, And I'm grateful for this god awful thing we're going through just to be introduced to people like you. So thank you so much again. I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day and we will be in touch.
1: Absolutely. Totally looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Bye, Gareth. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and leave feedback. With your help, we can spread awareness together. So please share the show with anyone you know who may be struggling with a medical condition and using steroids to treat it. And be sure to check out the blog for helpful resources to aid you along your TSW journey at tswjourneytohealing.com.